Okay, here we go. This week, Uncle Russ brings the heat in the booth. Now, Russell Winfield is a true icon in snowboarding. He's a legendary pro snowboarder, and he's a one-of-a-kind character that's truly not afraid to say what he thinks. He's authentic, and that is rare in this day and age. Now, this episode, he so eloquently explains why it's so important to preserve our snowboard culture. Before we get into it, I have to make a correction from the Joe Sexton episode. I referenced the quote, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. Now, I said that was Terrell Owens. I was incorrect. Actually, a Deion Sanders quote. So I apologize. Also, one last thing. At bombhole.com, we have a collab with Dang Shades. They are Dang Shades Bombhole Collab Sunglasses. Pick those up while they're hot at bombhole.com. We also got the signed Russell Prince taken by legendary photog Trevor Graves, as well as our sweatpants, air fresheners, all that good stuff, all available at bombhole.com. Now, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your support. You guys kick ass. Let's get into the Russell Winfield episode. Here we go. You are listening to the Bombhole. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. Besides me. Good ball. You're going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. <laughs> Back in the booth. We got an excellent squadron today. To my right, we got Mr. Stony Buds. How we doing, Buds? What up? I'm good. Glad to hear that. And to my left, we have a absolute champion, Mr. Russell Winfield. Yeah. What's happening, Russ? Where are you coming in from? I'm coming in from Seattle, Washington. You know, we just out here in Salt Lake City. We in the Salt Lake with the boys and the cold. I'll tell you what, uh, Russell's been on my couch for what three days now. Yeah, same and spot. We've been we've been boarding, we've been hanging, and we've been watching a lot of sports documentaries. And we're kind of feeling pretty fired up right he now. He might not go home, dog. I mean, he's welcome. Might just become a permanent fixture on that couch. That'd be if tight. It, if it wasn't so cold here. <laughs> True. Maybe, but it's cold. Y'all are, I didn't bring a puff. I brought like a little puffy coat, but I need like the Antarctica one with the. Yeah. I need the Wu-Tang. Fur. Up on the mountain, it's been cold. Yeah, I need that Wu-Tang fur. Yeah, I'm down. So it seems like you don't like cold, but you your sports you're into. A lot of people might not know this. Back in the day, as a child, what was your preferred sport that you excelled at? It was the ice hockey. What position did you play? I played goaltender. Yeah. Major shout out to all those goalies out there stopping pucks. Lose any teeth? Nope. I was young. We had the full mask. Did the kids get the, because you're in New York, right? Oh, yeah. The Rangers are all about fighting. I mean, did you? uh, I actually got to practice with the Rangers a few times. You did? Did they beat beat you up? Like classic blood on the ice? No, they were nice. I was a little kid. Yeah, but still, they're the Rangers, man. I would expect to get punched. Well, well, it was more Philly that was the, you know, the Broad Street bullies. The Broad Street bully. I, bullies. I used to go Philly. to some Ranger games, man, yep. and there'd be blood on the ice back in my youth. Yeah. And we had the Bruins, the Big Bad Bears, my personal. Hartford Whalers, I was kind of backing them. Yeah, and the, they played in the, the, the Whale, actually. I played in that arena. Really? I used to. Uh, in New Haven. We used to have uh, front row seats to that. That those Whaler games back really? in, back in my youth before my dad lost it all. I wonder if that building's <laughs> still there. That rank. Uh, th- I think it is. There used to be a rail in front of it that people would hit. Really? Like Stevens in them. There's like an aluminum kink rail. Little fun facts. No word knowledge. But um, dude, let's let's get back to your 
skill set in the rink? Because a lot of people don't know how incredibly good you were as a kid, and you were pretty much one of the best kids in the nation, right? Yeah. Uh, you want to kind of paint that picture for our listeners? Well, you know, uh, I played a lot of ice hockey, and uh, I got pretty good, good to the point where the Canadian national team hit my parents up and invited me to go to this summer training camp. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen Rocky Four, but Rocky goes somewhere in Siberia. Where he fights Dolph Lundgren. Yes, but yes. before that, when he's just training. running around training. With logs. Yes, the big logs. Yeah. He's got the leather on, and he got the Joe Sexton beanie. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a gun shot. <laughs> Give me a gunshot. Got him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's kind of... Uh, what it was. Now imagine being, I don't know, was I 12? Maybe a 12-year-old kid flying across the border by himself, you know, into Toronto, get picked up, driving for like two hours. Now, mind you, I'm a city kid, so and I'm black. And so I start getting into the country, and I start start getting a little weird. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Like, what's this going to be all about? And uh, we get like two and a half hours outside of Toronto, we pull down this driveway, and it's just like up and down, up and down. And then you see these outbuildings, and we pull up. And the first thing I see is they're mating horses. So they got, like, one horse tied up, and the other one they're trying to, you know, put. You, you they got to guide it in. They, yeah, guide, yeah. The, oh, they yeah. guide the car. Oh, yeah. They, 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 yeah, they did okay. that. They don't do it on their own. They gotta, I, just, I mean, it, it was kind of like a big noodle, you know. I mean, not oh, to wow. get off topic, but one time I might have been on mushrooms, and I'm J2 might have made me touch a horse penis <laughs> because because it, he said it was the softest material in the world. Material. And he made us all touch the horse penis, okay. and it was, in fact, the softest okay. material I've ever felt wow. in my life. Phenomenal. Little so I don't think guiding that thing in is probably so, okay. not a bad job. So, wow. So, so the, all right, so let's go back. The, okay. the horses are fucking. Sorry, sorry. The horses, the horses, are, fucking. Have, the horses are mating, and... Uh, so I go in and, and there's like a, there's a dry ice room, a dry training room, and then like the house and they have this golf course all around it. And uh, I go into the, I hear, I hear the puck machine and they're beating on the puck machine and like getting all rowdy. And I go in and I, and I'm staring at this dude who must've been 19 and he was stopping everything at like a hundred and something miles per hour. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? And, uh, Dave Tatarn, who was the, 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 the dude, the head dude, so this is Patrick. And it was Patrick Wah the year before he came out. Wow. Yeah. For those of you guys who don't know, one of the most legendary goaltenders of all time. I think uh, Coach in his later years, correct? Did he? I don't know. I could be wrong about that. I need to fact check that. Um, How'd you stand up to, to the skills on that? How'd that make I, you feel? I mean, were you I feeling was, like I you, was were hyped. Up? you were Well, I got sponsored by Hockey Gear you halfway did. through that session, so I think I did pretty good. They had like... The dude from Vaughn come out and measure my body and my hands and all sorts of shit. And I had my own custom shit. Dude, if you free. wore that stuff on handrails nowadays, you'd never get hurt. It could be a but, solid hey, move. When's, when's the last time you laced up some skates and grabbed a piece of lumber and, and shot a puck? Uh, last Well, I've gone ice skating with my kids, but the last time was in Vail years and years ago. But I still got it. You still got it? I okay. still had it. I played as a kid, and I'm terrified because... Uh, in my head, I'm sick. In my head, I'm like Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling I'm going to get the skates and the lumber and just suck ass out there. The weirdest thing about it is uh, getting on your toes. 
It's like something you don't think about as a kid, but now like that was the that was the one thing that I had to like reset was I was always trying thinking I was going to tip over. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, um, we spoke with uh, Mikey LeBlanc. He has a great guest question for us. Now, the guest question is presented by Solomon Snowboards. So let's get into guest question number one from Mikey. Hey, Russ, it's Mikey. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the thing that you and I always laugh about, um, which is the 95% rule. So just so your listeners know, 100% honesty is what you're going to get from Russell. And we always laugh because uh, Russ and I have this 95% rule that we always joke about. And basically, Russell is so honest that people are ready for about 95%, some people less. But there's a 5% amount where he's going to give you the full-on truth, at least from his perspective. And most people aren't ready for that. So we always joke about like giving people the 95%. So... I'd love to hear you talk more about that. Love you, homie. Bye. Love you too, Mike. Well, <clears throat> he must, uh, yeah. <laughs> he must think I'm more of me now because when we initially had this conversation, it was a 90% rule. <laughs> so I must be <laughs> either slipping in my older age or uh, becoming more, you know, better at, at stopping it. So really what it is. <laughs> Is this people can't handle the whole truth, and like I'm sure everybody's done it when you're telling someone something and they're like this, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, and then all of a sudden they glaze over, and you're like, uh oh, went a little bit too far. You lost them. Yeah, that's 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 really where the ninety percent rule. I'm going to keep it at ninety because it, it works for me. Ninety five might be pushing it. Um, that's really what it is. Just you know, you kind of so. Think about what you want to tell somebody and then cut off the last 10%. And and you, you're it's it's a good, safe safe way to, to live. Well, he would, like, joke that, well, you're giving them too much. you got to start giving them 90. He'd be like, you know, Russ, you just, you need to, you need to just pull back a little bit. Just, <laughs> you know, just pull back. Just whatever you're thinking, just take the last 10% and throw that in the garbage and you'll be good, bud. Because it's that 10% that they just, they don't need to hear or want to hear or can hear, you know, just. You think that's the New Yorker in you? I, I would imagine it has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah true, huh? New Yorkers just don't hold back. Huh? As you migrate a little bit more west, they can't quite handle that authentic, yeah, You get to Cali, truth. that 90 might, maybe should be like 60, man. <laughs> <laughs> or the Midwest. Midwest, yeah, Midwest people are yeah. super nice. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject of uh, brutal honesty, kind of, you know. Okay. I think we should maybe get into some hot takes. Okay. Uh, first one, Michael Jordan of snowboarding. Terry Hawkinson. Second that emotion. And I'll tell you why, if you want to know why. I know you don't agree it's emotion, with me. emotion, not an emotion. <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, no, yeah, it, was, it was a little I emotional. I second that emotion. It was a little emotional. Um, See... Michael Jordan came out, and he was jumping out of the gym. You know, that was his skill set. He would play harder than you, and he would jump out of the gym. As he got older, his springs got a little worn out. So he had to formulate what was next, the fadeaway jumper, you know. So he did that, and he kind of he evolved with his age and his game. And I've watched Tadier do that, you know. Um, some of the other kids might be the best rail rider on the planet. I ain't never seen him jump out of a helicopter in AK and rip a line. 
So no, you're not the Michael Jordan, bud. You might be the Steph Curry. You might have you know a mad three point shot, but you just you haven't gone through the whole thing. Yeah, how do you how are you going to give Michael Jordan to someone who's never done well, every facet? Well, the for for my my per, if I'm speaking on my personal one, which is <laughs> is uh, you know. Basically, I've said uh, J.P. Walker and mm-hmm. been crucified for it. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you because it's it's in in my in my perspective of my age. I grew up. I I didn't watch Turier. I didn't know anything about Turier. I didn't. Okay. And so for the person that was that was like my version of MJ that was like on top, that was king, that was winning everything, was J.P. because of the role he had in form. Now I'm not saying I disagree because this is an opinion based thing. Absolutely. But you know, it, it depends on if you're basing. I'm just basing on my personal lens, maybe not on statistics. Statistically, I could be wrong, but it's a fun subject. It, it is be like JP's the Michael Jordan of steel. Yeah, yeah, of rails. Okay, okay I got another. Uh, I got another um, hot take. Hot Sean, take. Sean White stance with. What do you 20, got? Twenty six. We're talking inches. Twenty six inches. Yeah. Buds. I mean, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Twenty six because. I mean, he's not that tall, it's, and it looks real. In big. reality, it's probably twenty-four. I'm claiming twenty-seven point no. no, five. What you're going? 27. No, it's definitely bigger than it's definitely because I'm at twenty-two, and 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 one inch on foot each foot isn't turning me from where I am. What's to where the biggest he is. dance you rode back Dude, in the 22. day? Twenty-two. Dude, uh, not Austin, when when we were cutting the noses and 22. tails off because I was up to like a twenty-four. Austin Granger, I know for a fact twenty-seven point five at one point. Really good friend of mine. Bodie Merrill, 27-inch stance. So he's probably at like a 26, 27, huh? I'll tell you, I don't see the benefit of it, though. No, it I, works I, for him, though? It does, does work. I mean, does it, though? What would happen if you had a normal one? Oh, I what? guess we never thought about Wait, it. I mean, he must have messed with it. Did I'm wondering he? if he had a or, career riding bulls or something. He's got that well, bow-legged thinking, cowboy. Yeah, or has he got just, something stuck? He's bow-legged. <laughs> so you got to, it's just your body. <laughs> your body type, you know? His legs are mad bowled Skinny. out. So he's. I I don't know. If he had baggier pants, it probably wouldn't look true. Those muscle. aren't things aren't doing a favor. Yeah. Okay, next next one. Um, worst trend in snowboarding. Oh, those silly snowboard shapes that don't work. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you elaborate, please? They just you know, you see somebody and they're down the going down the hill and it's just completely out of control and you see them in the lift line. You're like, how is that thing? You're like, pro. It's the best board I've ever ridden. And you just kind of look at them, and you're like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, and I you're mean, talking like these quiver shapes, huh? Like well, these. Some, I mean, some of them, some of them work. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. <clears throat> don't ever tell me, ever, in your life, tell it to somebody else, but don't tell it to me, that it works right in fucking powder. Because you know what? Michael LeBlanc mounted fucking bindings to a toboggan. And made turns. So anything works in powder, bud. Anything. Facts. The snow moves. You know what I'm saying? Like it shapes to your shape, and and, and, and that's what happens. Um, so if it doesn't work on hard pack, and it's not a snowboard. It's not a good board. Nah. Yeah. They're just trying to sell more boards, huh? Yeah, I'm not mad at them. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not something that I'm... Now you need Backing. a you need a split board. You need your park board. You need your powder board. You need your uh, board to get to the car from yeah, the house to the board. car. I mean, Fuck. they these guys are smart, man. They got oh, you yeah. locked in on like trying to get five boards in your. These board brands are like you're fucking on to me. Damn it. <laughs> hey, you know, 
There's, I'll yeah. tell you one thing that's nice about some of those shapes. Um, as a photographer, I got this huge bag on me. And uh, when you're in some really steep, questionable areas, you can turn around really easy with a smaller tail. Mm-hmm. And you're never going over your nose. No, you're not. And that helps you keep your speed. You can also set your stance back. Too. But these these go even much further back. Yeah. And it, I'll tell you what, it helps out a lot because you're never flipping over your nose. You can go as fast without worrying about it. And you can pivot, as Chris likes to say, much easier in the steeps. And that's kind of dope when you have a wicked snowboard. So they're, tail. F- they're photographer boards. Yeah. That's or someone that maybe is not that good at snowboarding, it would help them be better in the powder, I would say. Yeah. It's definitely an intermediate thing. It's like rocker. Yeah. You know? Dude, rocker and no, the, I mean, that stuff's horrible. It's it's great for intermediates. Yeah, I guess it's easier because to learn it, on. It, but man, when you first get on a rocker and try to ollie, there's nothing. What happened? Yeah, not I, for me. I uh, when I took my five year hiatus from the sport years and years ago, you actually didn't ride for five years. Five fucking years. Woo! I hated it. Um, I called ride. My daughter, my older daughter, wanted to snowboard, so I called ride, and I was like, "Hey, my kid wants to snowboard. I don't got anything. Would you mind?" Oh no, for sure. Yeah, we got you. Which was super out of them. And they sent me a kit and her a kit. And uh, we went up and uh, took some runs with her. And I was like, I'm going to take a run. And uh, I got a wide board because I used to, my feet are 11, but I used to wear nines so that I could ride a narrow snowboard so I could be a bit more responsive. Um, Now I'm like, I'm I'm just, I'm going to wear tens, you know? Yes. Just give me a wide board. I'm going to wear tens. And so I got on this wide. It was like a DH2 or something. And uh, it turned over so easy, and I didn't even think about it. I was like, wow, technology, this is great. Then I went to Ollie, and it was nothing. Yeah. And I went into full panic, like, oh, my God, I forgot how to Ollie. Like, uh. And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, it's that stupid Stupid rocker. camber. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not there for you. I got a pro tip for you on the boots. Mark Frank had a 12, size 12 foot. So what he does is take the uh, – Liners? Size, yeah, the liners. Yeah. He takes the liners from the 12 and pops them in like a 10, and they fit. Oh, mm-hmm. no way. Because a lot of these uh, boots, they only use so many so many molds. They last. It like skips a size or something, and the liners are what makes a difference. So yeah. uh, you can stuff that size 12 in like a 10 and a half. Yeah. Smart. Smart. Pro Well, um, I want to kind of, we got a lot to cover. You've done a lot of amazing shit, and I would like to educate. There's a lot of people that are my age that don't know exactly the role that your squad and you guys did for snowboarding and kind of i was explaining this to joe but sexton who's also here but you came up won a ton of contests uh came in the scene hot and then snowboarding for those people who don't understand was kind of like you had skiing and and you guys could probably comment on this better than I could, but you, you had, it seems like you had, like, your skiing, snowboarding hadn't found its identity yet. There wasn't, like, skate style. It was, like, snowboarding was kind of figuring out where it was at, right? Kind of infant stages. Mm-hmm. And you guys started, you know, Dub, Outerwear, Alpha Numeric, these really iconic brands. Can you explain before, after, reasonings why you started those brands and all that type of stuff? Okay, well, uh, I think me and my crew and everybody from my generation, we had... We had the launch ramp of, like, Chris Roach and Noah Selaznick and all them dudes who were, you know, just style gods and skateboarders from NorCal. And, uh, you know, New Kids on the Twalk came out, which was just, to me, it was 
fucking mind blowing. Such a sick movie. Like they were cab three and shit, and like you know, just all styled out and just ah, grassers everywhere, grasser reverts, grasser nose drive reverts, just all sorts of ill shit. And we all saw that, and we just wanted to skateboard anyways, but we weren't good enough to do that shit on a skateboard. Truth be told, like, that's what it was for me. I just couldn't, I wasn't good enough on a skateboard to do that, so I had to tie my feet to a fucking board and go down a hill and figure it out, and I was good enough to do that. So we just, everything we saw on a skateboard, we emulated and did it on a snowboard to the point where we all ended up moving to San Diego and hanging out with like Deerdick and Sheffy and Barbier and Alf and Danny and uh, all them dudes. And that was like part of our crew. So we started riding the handrails and Bear Mountain and Snow Summit saw what we were doing. And they built these parks that were so ill. Like the parks y'all got today, they're, they're all right. You know, it's like jump handrail, jump handrail. It's a straight line. It's pretty, it's pretty, uh, pretty basic shit. But we had, like, snake runs where, where you could do 40-foot gaps over the snake run onto the, the next tranny down and, like, different handrails and different ways to hit stuff. And it was just really, it was a really creative time. And I think because of that, we were wearing, like, you know, we hooked up with Ken Block and all them. And we were wearing eight-ball jackets and drawers jeans and and just getting wet and didn't care, you know. That led into us uh, making outerwear. Um, I worked with with Ken and Damon on dub, which was epic. It was just, you know, like half gangster, half skateboard, like just like, you know, uh, minority skateboard kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it was ill. All the big logos. It was like a cross between, you know, like some Tommy Hill and I don't even know, our own little swagger. And uh, then after that, we did uh, Alphanumeric, which was the first black-owned business in snowboarding. Um, probably still to this day the only one. But our mark was we were the first of the new school kids. It wasn't like the generation after us, the forum group. Um, it was us. And that's just the truth. They they definitely saw what we did and copied it. You were the forum before forum's forum? Uh, forum was us after us. <laughs> and you think they... Uh Saw what you were doing? Absolutely. I know they did because the guy who was filming us went and owned part of Forum. And he's like, oh, you guys don't want to ride hand drills anymore. That's dumb. And then three years later, he's out there owning Forum. Really? them right hand <laughs> So I kind of want to talk about the like the, the what the space looked like before and after you guys. Because from what I understand, it was like people were doing questionable grabs. You know, that, that bar <laughs> wasn't set as far as like what's acceptable kind of, right? You just kind of. Well, you know, people... Wear weird shit. Yeah, they would... You used to have to do all the the things, like racing and then half pipe. And I hated the racing. I wasn't bad at it, but I hated it. Like, it was skiing. Like, if I want to do this, I might as well just ski. Um, So, once I turned pro, I was done with all that. Like, I just refused to race. And uh, I was on Burton for a bit. I was did traveling. you ride for Mistral for a little bit? I did. You did, I thought so. I got, I was on Mistral. They turned me pro. Um, they made some race, sick race boards. Yeah, they made really nice. They yeah. made, actually, I mean, if you look at that, that board besides the stupid nose and tail, it was real. 
it was real ahead of its time. It yeah. had the low profile node and tail and all that. Um, but what what was super cool was when we got to start ride and kind of control our own destiny. Um, because until you have a company backing you and the crew, it's tough. I mean, these days it's not because you got like the dust box and all these dudes who can just put out their own films, which is epic. Cause now you're in complete control of your own destiny. Um, but back then you had to have like a big board sponsor or somebody in order to really shake up what was going on. Um, so we started working with Ride, and we just did our own boards, and we just traveled around and rode with local kids at local mountains and showed them what it was. And it was very infectious because we, you know, we were sliding handrails. We were doing all the grabs were proper. You know, you, you don't grab in front or behind your bindings ever. Like no tendies, no t- you're getting You're getting smoked. If you, you know, you're, you got to go. If you're going to tend, no, sorry, bud. Like, you get, you're not even really, like, and that's the thing, like, Hawking and all them, we used to even give Toddy a shit, like, with his nose grab. Like, dude, what are you doing, Hawking? Stop that shit. Like, that's You're wild. saying even nose grabs, like body jars, fucking the methods no. where it's in front, Euro-style methods. Yeah, no, 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 none of that. All that's no none good. None of that, and no good. I mean, it's it's. it's I can hardly grab my that. board anymore anyway, so. <laughs> You're a photographer, you don't need to. <laughs> Truth. As long as you can grab it and pick it up and throw it in the car, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. I can do that. Perfect. So we were we were a little bit rough on it, but I felt like we had to be in order to get our point across, you know? That's important. So that sounds like you guys were cruising around and it it's... Changing kind of the, the face the, of the be, industry. Yeah, straight up. And, and it's kind of what you're describing is kids biting into the culture of snowboarding. Like they're biting into... Oh wow! These guys just showed up on my mountain. They look cool. They're doing cool shit. They're busting. Their gear's cool. I want to be a part of that, right? That that's kind of what you guys were were cruising around, yeah, selling, kind of yeah. changing the culture yeah. of snowboarding. True, changing creating. the identity, creating, Cre- creating. Because before that, it was Gates, and it was just it. There really, I mean, it was. It just. I'm not gonna say there wasn't a culture because there was. Yeah, but it just wasn't. Maybe it just wasn't marketed or marketable because it, I don't know. But uh, what we did looked like a lot of fun, and we made people feel part. And I think that's a huge thing to in order for success of any industries. You have to make people feel part of something, like honestly feel part of, not like. Because it's one thing to watch a video, you know, and you see something. But it's a whole nother thing to be standing next to somebody and talking to them. I'm like, hey, man, what are you going to do here? Like, the kid's like, uh, 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 just try a board slide. Just get on it and just do it, bro. You got this. And the kid gets on it, and whether or not he does it, he's like, fuck, Chris Grandy's just what? I was just, oh. You know, and then yeah. you see him at the bar, and you're like, fuck, it was sick today, bro. Let me get you a beer. It's done. That kid is fucking finished. Cemented. He's in. walking into the shop and buying everything that you had on, and he's high-fiving, and now he's part of the crew. And he's going to tell his homie. And he's going to tell his homie. People are skipping over the word of mouth, like that experience. You can't put a price on. No, it's uh, incredible. So around that time, you get the board with Ride. We gotta talk about the graphic with Ride. What year was this too? You guys all mm, kind of started rolling Ride. Ninety four, ninety five, I think was my Fat Albert graphic. Um, Sick. So we uh, 
were at the ride office and we were working on graphics and they were like, well, everybody had their, you know, was thinking about it. And I was like, I'll be right back. So I went to Blockbuster because there used to be Blockbuster videos. And I rented the Fat Albert video because I had them on the cover. I went back to the art director and I pointed at the, the Russell, the character Russell. And he was like this, like in it. And I was like, well, just cut this out and just put that on the base of the board. And they were like, that's it? And I was like, yeah, that's it. They're like, you sure? I was like, fucking put it on there and shut up. <laughs> like, what do you want for the top? I was like, just baby blue. That's it. Like, that's it? I was like, Ugh. you know. And uh, it shows up. Oh, that thing's not going to. That nose kicks too high. That thing's not going to sell. I said, listen, it's my fucking board. If you don't think it's going to sell, that's fine. Then I won't make any money. Not that I did anyways, but that's a whole other story. Ended up selling out, you know, more than any other board in the line. You know, it's a, one of the most sought-after boards ever now. So, moral of the story is shops don't know what's next. Shops know what's now. And in order to really be successful, you need to know what's next. So, if you got an idea, trust your instincts and go with it. Do you got one of those boards? I got a couple. Nice, dude. How many, how many units? I think 10 racks. 10,000 board sets. Wow, sales? dude. That's I think so. not what they don't sell that they anymore. They sell in the hundreds now. Yeah, they man. sell like. <laughs> if you sell 1,000 boards, dude, you're a badass <laughs> nowadays. Mm-hmm. 10K. I think so. Man, that's crazy. So let's talk about this. Uh, what you're talking about is basically creating trends. And it's funny in, in the way the probably not just snowboard industry, but a lot of industries work is that you have a, a brand and you try to come up with a graphic and then the reps and the team and the marketing all argue over whether or not the graphic will sell. And it seems like the reps kind of stick with what they know will sell. And then the team is like, make it like this. And, and you have people, and Russ, how do you, how do you find that creative process? I think it's something you either have or you don't have. Um, and I just know, like, you know, when something's cool, you're like, fuck, this thing's going to go. And some people are just terrified. No, I can't. Listen, bud, take your little top sider shoes, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and beat it. Because I know, and you don't. Me, not you. I ride them, you sell them. I design them, you sell them. So if, unless you want to design them, then don't try. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but, you know, it's like. Well, they're not out there riding them like you are. Not they should be them. listening to you. They don't. No, they know what sold last year, you know. They don't know what's going to sell next year. And you never know. Maybe they'll get a ticket, hot item ticket like my ride graphic. Yeah. You know what's fucking cool is how influential that shit has been, right? Because you look at, I design signature gear for 32, and a lot of times when I'm looking for inspo, I just go on Google, type in dub outerwear. <laughs> and everything that comes up is still would be like such a hit if you saw it on a rack today. Crazy, huh? It's good stuff, though. Trendsetters. Trendsetters. You know. That's sick, too. It's so many years later. And it never really went out of style, either. That style would just always be dope. The no hoods, the parkas, those are always so sick. Uh, code for, Red, danger. For the listeners, uh, Russell just finished a Code Red Mountain Dew and threw it against oh, the wall. Deuce Bigelow going on a second. Okay, going back, I want to bookmark something you said earlier and circle back around because you were talk, you were talking about um, basically inclusivity, 
because you were saying we cruised around, we made everybody feel a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Buds and I are two white guys. We don't really have a uh, know what it, it's like to be black in the snowboard industry or in the world for that matter. So do you feel like in, in snowboarding specifically, do you feel like there was a lack of inclusive, inclusivity or anything like that? I feel like there wasn't a lot of black people, but I will say this. Um, the comfort for me, at least in the beginning, was the resorts hated and everybody hated snowboarders. So they'd hate all of us. They might hate me a little more because I was black. But the first hatred, the first point of hatred was was our commonality. So I was cool. I was like, all right, well, you know, this isn't that this is this I can deal with this. At least y'all get it a little bit too with me. So you're basically saying people would would be like, Okay, these guys are punks, but they're punks and you're also black, but first and foremost, these guys are punks, so you didn't feel like you yeah you, you kinda bonded together. Unless with the, with the police were involved, then I was definitely gone somewhere. <laughs> okay, what about as far as the brands go in the industry and stuff like that? What do you mean? Like, do you feel like you had any missed opportunities or did you, you experience any racism or what's your experience within the industry and working uh, with brands? Well, uh, when the whole ride thing started, we got a fax from a brand that we had taken some riders from or some riders decided to ride with us. And they definitely sent a fax from their office calling me a nigger and all sorts of crazy shit. What? Yeah, from their office. Like, come on, boys. Like, don't be that smart. Like, we know who it is. Um, and they were saying, Oh, they tried to cover it, but it no, came from their right, office. But you faxed it from your office. Yeah. There was that. But for the most part, I don't, I don't know. Like, people are pretty smart about their racism. That happened, though, huh? Yeah, that happened. I could probably guess the brand, but I don't know. If yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got a Patreon question for you. Sweet. From Wyndham. Um... I want to ask Russell if he felt like he was the Jackie Robinson of this shit while it was happening. Day one. <laughs> or did he realize his inspirational role in hindsight? Uh, well, that's a two-part question, yeah. bud. And I got a two-part <laughs> answer for you. <laughs> I knew it. I've had that quote since the 90s. Um, did I understand what it meant? Not until about three months ago, honestly. Or really? four months ago, yeah. Um, which is kind of sad. I, I just didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't have anybody that I could talk to or that could be like, hey man, come here. Like, this is where you're at. This is who you are. This is what you deserve. This is what your worth is. True. Like, nobody, it was quite the opposite, as a matter of fact. Um, like, it was always downplayed and nobody ever said anything. To, like, I thought it and I was like, am I fucking nuts for thinking that this is something special? Like, that I'm the first, like, am I fucking crazy? Am I being really selfish about this shit? Yeah. Or is this real? And it's real. And it's real. Yeah, But for 30 years, like, I kind of struggled. I was like, am I, like, is this, should I not be thinking this? Like, is this not an important thing? Because I know if there's a white dude and he's playing fucking in in the NFL and he's the best wide receiver, that boy getting more paper than anybody. Yeah. Like, that's just the truth. Because it's a black dominant sport, and now there's you know the white dude who's better than them all, or you know playing on the same field and just as fast, he's getting more money than all of them. And you just didn't really have anyone to help you digest that info. And I really just didn't have anybody to verify or tell me that I was right or wrong. Yeah, that's a trip. Thinking back on it, it's like that. 
Is there has there been any other uh, Black Summers with a pro model before? Nope. That shit should be in like a fucking sports hall of fame, hanging on the wall. That's so you know that's fucking dope. That's the truth. I mean, I'm sure these uh, collectors. It must be a hot item for them, huh? Yeah, people like it, dude. That's really cool. But yeah, that's crazy. There was no one to really talk to and bounce that off of, and it was such a special thing. And companies aren't going to tell you, no, because they know how to pay. Yeah, then they got to pay you more money, and they're trying to figure out how to pay the le- least amount they can to anybody. Yeah, well, to me at least. Yeah. Now, as far as other black snowboarders in the industry, culture, whatever you want to call, it, who's holding it down for you? All of them, man. Um, right now, Zeb's in the lead, of course. <laughs> Let's give him an air horn. Zeb's definitely making waves out there, huh? Zeb is in the lead. That big pink board and that new snowboarder just crushing it on that thing. <sighs> that boy's good. Yeah. You know. Knuckle hucking. Yeah, he uh he's just one of them kids who's just an athlete. He'd probably be just as good at football, just as good at whatever. He skateboards, he wait I mean, he's just that kid. He's just know? good. He's just an athlete. Um you know, Stevie and Michael and Ben Hinckley and Keir. And just, you know, all all the black people that just snowboard, it's cool. It's different, with, you know. Anybody who snowboards, really, it's just, it's something fun to do. Um, and I wish it wasn't relegated to, to class or, no, or having a certain uh, amount of money. But it is. So. Yeah, you, the barrier of entry is high. Yeah. Financially. Yeah. I mean, Vail is $225 a day midweek. That's crazy. I just heard an ad, Brighton Night Skiing, $30 on Fridays, man. $200 to go over to Park City, $30 on a Friday night. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Needs to be more of that, getting people up to the mountain. Yeah. Drop that barrier. Yeah. Now, aside from the barrier, I wonder also if it's if it's people like, if you were to take like, you know, I, I think you see this with, um, you know, I've, I've heard like kind of pretty women say like, you know, oh, like oh I saw a, I saw a cute girl skateboarding like I didn't I didn't know I could do that like because that's a thing now back maybe in the in the nineties early two thousands you didn't there was no there was no girls at the skateboard park I wonder if it's the same thing for for black people in snowboarding um probably more there's more layers to that huh I think there's more layers to it um I I can't answer that because I don't know honestly I think yes and no yeah people are like hey, there ain't no black people up here I ain't fucking with it. The last thing a black person wants to do is get caught up in some all-white shit where they're going to stick out and could end up, you know. We don't have the best rapport with the police. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't either. Yeah. But for different reasons, I guess. But, uh, so, it's tough to, you know, let somebody just want to go out there by themselves into something that's completely foreign to them. And just be out there and be like, hey, you know, like they're not trying to be the guinea pig for that. Who knows what could go down? Could end your, ruin your life, could end up locked up over some shit that you didn't even have anything to do with. Wrong place, wrong time. It's just easier to be in the hood amongst your own where you can at least kind of blend in. It's a great point. Yeah, that makes sense. That is a great point. Um, we've been spending some time together yes, on sir. this little, uh, this little uh, Russell three-day hang sesh, which has been Phenomenal, and uh, this might be a problem. He, we got a shooken up code red. On the <laughs> oh, we're good. Didn't explode. Woo. And um, one thing we talked about was um, a brand called Skechers. 
Yes. And, and uh, they basically have this shoe. It's called the Shape Up shoe. It's one of the most horrific looking shoes I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty bad. It might, you know what though, trend. It, it, I've been seeing some crazy hip fashion shit. It might actually come back in. But anyway, it's got like a round. You can't even walk. It's like a platform shoe with a round thing. It's awful. And I was kind of wondering what your what would be your salary you'd need to be sponsored by Skechers, and you had to exclusively wear Skechers shape ups. Ten mil for five years, so fifty. Okay, fifty. Ten mil each year. Yeah. Four or five years. Skechers. They got gazillions, bud. Do they? Yeah. Is that a metric? What? Is that a like an increment? Uh, gazillion? I think yeah, it is. It is. I think it is. It's, <laughs> it's just above billions. Is it gazillion or something? Uh, and then gazillion. Gazillion. <laughs> well, that, let's think about it. You can't skate. You can't do anything. You can't pick up chicks. Yeah, if yeah, you go on a date, like, if you go on a date and a girl looks at your shoes, it's over. That's that's done. Maybe not. They could think it's some new shit. I don't know, but have you seen these things? Russ can pull some shit off, man. Look at them. Yeah, but I don't that's think style. I can pull that off. No, plus they're like, aren't yeah, they just weird on the front? Too? No, they're like, like rocker. Yeah, they're like, like rockers. Rocker camper. <laughs> yeah, and it's a rocker. It's a rocker. <laughs> to build up your suit. calves or some, I, something. I don't know. It's for old people. I'm gonna go out. On, I'm gonna go out on a on a on a limb and say that uh, rocker snowboards. Are the Skechers shape up of snowboarding? <laughs> facts. Whoa, <laughs> big facts. <laughs> Sorry to all you out there who think rockers the shit. Yeah, let's talk about that for Some a little bit. Kids might be rethinking their camber choice after that statement. <laughs> I remember there's a uh, a podcaster whose name will remain unnamed a few years back who uh, kind of got into it with me a little bit over the rocker. And he said, rockers saved snowboarding. What? Yeah. And I was like, I mean, this guy has no validity in my mind at all. Um, But I was like, how can you say that? Well, because this and that and never summer. And I was like, listen, bud. Rocker is for intermediate snowboarders. And that's what it's for. It's... You already you don't have to flex the board out. All you got to do is turn it over, and you're turning. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it's great for. Or even beginner too. You yeah, know? any beginner, intermediate, and then it ends. Yeah, I have a definite gripe I'd like to get into. Gripe yeah. it up. You see somebody on the rocker boards, and if you do watch them do a press, and they basically their body is in fifty fifty position. Yeah, they're just picking up their foot. That's all you got to do. And the thing's flopping around. Yeah, it looks flopping fucking around. horrible. Yeah. Whereas when you're on like a, a, a stiffer board and you do a press, you are laid into that bitch. Yeah, and it looks good. It does I, look nice. I know you have a gripe with a certain um, trend in rail snowboarding. <sighs> I do. Which one are we talking about? There's a couple of them. Has to do with how you would get on and off. Get on, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's load up one of these. Okay, here we go. Why can't you guys ollie to your handles? Oh, that's right, because you're on a fucking rocker snowboard. <laughs> it all comes back around. <laughs> Full circle. So, inversely, you can almost say rocker's ruining snowboarding. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it it's it's not doing good for advanced snowboarding, no. Well, the problem is that you can't fucking land anything on that. No. If you're actually going big... I know. You're Unless you're, you're Travis, loop, loop out. Yeah. Unless you're Travis. Oh, does T. Ricky ride one of those hogs? Does he? I, that's what I've been told. Like he actually rides. That guy's a freak. Throw yeah. him out. He's a specimen. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. count. It doesn't matter. What he. Are uh, you sure? I'm pretty sure. 
I thought maybe he had some of that like magnet traction stuff. That's or, your edge though. That's just yeah. like how you hold that's an the edge. side of the but snowboard. He rocks. We'll I to, heard. We'll I don't know one which out. one. Lib's got like C seventy five. They got like fifty nine oh, different true, huh? camber profiles. So who knows which one? Who knows what's up? But uh, I mean, Travis, Trav, he's just a monster. So Specimen, he can, huh? Yeah, he can ride the fuck. I've been on trips, man, where we're shooting, and some kids just struggling to land, struggling. And then it turns out he's got a reverse camber board, and it's a big feature. Yeah, of course, you can't land. That's why looping I, out. My board's stiff. Yeah, but yeah. But not then again, not that maybe isn't good for a beginner rider. A, a stiffer Mm-mm. board, right? No, but they don't buy that board. They buy a rocker board, like they should. Graduate. It's like golfing. When you you get good at golf, you don't have one of them big waffle flipper golf irons. You know, you got a smaller, more compact head. I wonder, though, if you learn on a reverse camber, is it going to be weird that day you switched to real camber, you know? Oh, it was for my daughter. It was. Yep. She scorped a few times. Yeah. She figured it out. Got to get it figured out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I'd maybe just start the beginner on a camber like we all did, you know? Yeah. I mean, but these days it was like it was convex, too. Yeah. So she, uh, she had a little trouble. <clears throat> I bet. But she figured it out. Okay. Uh, I think it might be time for a little bit of a segment of the show. You know what that is, Buds? Uh, name that video part. Here we go. Oh, boy. I would just like to say that I'm terrified. I've watched a lot of your show. I've never gotten one right. <laughs> but I'm prob. I mean... If 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 there's gambling in Vegas, definitely don't bet on me on this because I'm I'm yeah. Okay, I tried to. I knew that you were going to be horrific at this, so I tried to give you a meatball. It doesn't um, matter. You can tear it up. And before we get into the question, uh, name that video part is presented by the Do Tour. It's a fantastic event. Do the do. Do the do. Most importantly, though, they support us. That's why you should support them. Major shout out to the Do Tour. So let's get into. Russell's name that video part. Now, we always like to do a sliding scale of uh, 0 to 10 as far as confidence level. Negative 4. Okay, <laughs> negative 4. All right. I'm not a big video watcher, and back when I was, I was smoking a lot of reefer, so that's kind of like not being a big video watcher because it kind of goes right in and right out. It's almost like in, in Vegas. It's like your your confidence level is like the Vegas spread. Like It's like if you were to bet on you getting it right, You'd win a lot, you know. Yeah, but it's like if you're bet on if you bet on uh, the McGregor Mayweather boxing match. If you bet on McGregor, yeah, you're gonna win big. Yeah, which I didn't. Yeah, because he was not gonna ever. You win. always bet on Mayweather, always. always. Anyway, let's get into the question. Here we go. It's definitely old. It's old man. You okay? You were in this movie, and it's a very notable one for you. And it's your boy, Hard Hungry. That's correct. We're getting close. We're, that's one step. That's as far as I can go. My bo- they were all my boys. I don't know who it was. Was it? Uh, we'll go with Dale. I don't it's know. Dale. Woo! Wow. Well, what I'm handing him is a igloo bomb hole cooler filled with bomb hole merch. And uh, all we of which... are the champions, <laughs> my friends. Big win, big win. 
All that shit's available Thank at BobMall.com. That was a great movie, too. Thank you. I like to thank my mom. <laughs> and all the people that did this for me my life. <laughs> Such a big day. Thank you. Woo, let's go. Okay. What an acceptance speech. That was. I don't yeah. think we That was our first That was our show. first acceptance hey, speech. You know, I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, okay, I appreciate the wins. Song number two is for our listeners. Um, you guys know the drill. If you know the answer, comment on the photo of Russell on our Instagram when this episode comes out, and you may win a sticker pack. Here we go. Snowboard rock, huh? That some is some heavy bass line going on there. You know, whenever I hear that, I want Mrs. Brady to walk out. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, what's her name? Whatever her name is, Carol? Carol. Is that, you, is that a Brady Bunch reference? Uh, yeah. It, it just, da, 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 da. it's just from the same time. Yeah, either I'd that imagine. or like the uh, one of those, you know, like the dating game or something. It seems like that should happen. Something. Russ, now uh, you come from an era of snowboarding <laughs> where it seemed like I mean, not that it's changed necessarily, but it has. But it was like blacked out at night, rip all day. Yeah. We were rock stars, bud. We were living that true rock star life. Um, MTV and the whole thing. And it was it was a lifestyle that people adhered to and loved. It wasn't... Snowboarding was part of it, but it was more the the lifestyle and the culture the 90s were all about, like, little subcultures, you know? Um, and we didn't have the Instagram or any of that that we could, like, tap into and, like, that could be part of our culture. It was like you actually had to be part of it. You actually had to, like, have the T-shirt and, like, the battle the battle wounds, you know? Oh, bro, we got so hammered last night. I came home with two different shoes. I don't know what happened. It was sick. <laughs> Straight up You know And that was You know Those were your Your badges of honor um, But yeah We got wasted And it was almost A pride thing Where like If you had to go To a contest or you had to go film It was like You were definitely Sending it The night before Because it was just Too easy Not like Oh wow Yeah you got all your tricks Great bud You went to bed at 9pm Did you have chicken noodle soup too <laughs> Yeah sissy You know it was it was punk rock. It was and that's when thing. everyone was together too. Yeah, yeah. So that's important. Yeah, everyone travels from all over. Yep. We uh you know, it was a ride team, but we had all our you know, we had like dude the type A dudes and like we were all a group we were just a group of friends and the sponsors were kind of secondary to the friendships. Were you ever in the US Open? I did it a few times. I was gonna say that used to be a pretty big party event. We used to throw a huge party, a ride party there. I remember one year. And uh, it was a really nice house. And I was obviously like I was teetering. I was I was graying out, you know, right before you fully black out and you're looking brown out like yeah. You're like uh oh, here here it comes. And I just remember looking over and Palmer is ripping the 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 doors off the cabinets. Boom! 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 At the right house. At the right house. That we rented. Palmer used to tear the open up. Yes, and he'd do well. Yeah, of course he would. You know, there'd be tipped over cars and fights. Fight, yeah, fights. Um, but mostly just belligerent individuals and people waking up. You know, 
That's what was so great about Palmer is he definitely had that lived that life of partying extra hard and then showing up the next morning. Showing up and sending. Yeah. Yeah. There's and a, doing well. There's a documentary called The Miserable Champion, which I think it's on Vimeo. Highly recommend it. But um, basically, he, one of his, my favorite quotes I still use all the time, he's like, I showed up, I went the biggest, I deserve to win. So, <laughs> and, <then, laughs> and he also, one more to interrupt, he goes, he's like, uh, it's too damn easy for me. I just might have to quit. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, so me and Dale... We're at June Mountain, this half-pipe contest, and we're standing right at the where you start. Up next, Sean Palmer. And he pulls up, grabs onto the thing. Dale's here. I'm here. He goes, boys, it's all about golden diamonds. Woo! <laughs> we were like, yeah! <laughs> and that's just a, di- like, he is the one-liner king. And, it, and he's just, he's deadpan, boys. It's all about golden diamonds. <laughs> Drops in just like 15, you know, eight foot air. 15 to us back then, but it was only only eight. Big old grasser. You're like, pa. Just the man. Oh, yeah. It's just stinking of booze from the night before. Did not hold back. Didn't there, give up. There's there's a magical thing that can happen where you're like, I've, I've seen. I mean, this is in my rear view personally, but you see like uh, somebody that's like still drunk and they're just that right and they're. They're fucking getting something. You're like, damn, dude. I don't know if you're hungover or you're still tuned up. Still yeah. tuned oh, up. Yeah. I'm guessing. Still tuned for sure. Just not, not, not enough sense to be like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Case of the fuckets. Yeah. Well, this is right on target with our guest question. Uh, our guest question is presented by Solomon Snowboards. One of the boards that I think kicks ass in the line is the Solomon Villain. If you know who Louis Parody is, he's won video part of the year. I think he's won rider of the year. I'm not sure. If not, he should. If I mean. not, he should have. He's won. Uh, but regardless, if you've ever seen him snowboard, he's absolutely unbelievable. And that is the board he rides. And uh, Solomon supports this podcast, so you should support them. Without further ado, let's get into the guest question from Dale Reberg. Ah, regular bird. Here we go. Whoops, that's T-Bird's farts again. Excuse me. <laughs> T-Bird's farts are always creeping up on the soundboard, dude. Oh. So, that's one fart. That's one fart. <laughs> um, so what happened Somebody there? should check their ass. <laughs> what? Yeah, let me explain. I think we got to leave that in, man. I got to tell wow. you what. So one time, I'm sorry, T-Bird. This is what happened. T-Bird, I, he had, I think that's like a 12-second fart that he recorded on his phone. And he sent it to me, and I was going to play it during the episode. And he's like, hey, my wife, she's not going to allow it. Here's so, the thing. She said we couldn't play it on his Yes, episode. so we can, <laughs> we can play it on mine. Yeah, we though. play it on Cyborg. So now let's get into the guest question from <laughs> Dale Rayberg. Hopefully not T-Bird's ass. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. An encore. Oh, it's an encore. <laughs> I'm keeping you guys on your toes. All right. <laughs> this is the actual question. <laughs> hey, what up, Bombhole? How you doing? This is Dale Rayberg coming at you. Anyways, what's up, Russell? Hey, I got a quick question for you, dude. Uh, maybe it's a statement, but I want to spark your brain here. Um, tell us a little bit about one of our trips to France where 
we uh we got dropped off and everything was closed and then uh we ended up meeting Ingmar Bachman during that trip and a bunch of the Swedes and uh some stuff happened it might have uh, started at the Playboy Club or something if I remember correctly why don't you uh tell us about that I'd love to hear it later homies later Ray peace all right well uh so we used to go to Europe every fall for uh this thing at La, what is it, La de Salps? Yep. La de Salps. And uh, they have a bar there called the Cowboy Bar. And the owner and the bartender loved us to the point where he we could go. We'd pour our own shots. Jake was running the, the, the bull. And uh, we didn't really snowboard much there because it was just shitty. And the French distributor just hated us. <laughs> I mean, and he, you know, I, I can't really blame him. We were we were just going so hard. Um, one night, Dale and I decided to put two hundred bucks on the table each to whoever didn't get naked in public that that night. So uh, to whoever didn't didn't. So like, if you got naked, you got to keep your two hundred bucks. Oh, if gotcha. you didn't, you got to give it up. So uh, like, literally thirty minutes after we make this bet, I hear, "I am Satan." I'm Satan. And I turn around and we're at the cowboy bar and Rayburg is on this little, like the little cat, little table sp- spanking his butt, looking between his legs, spanking his butt. And there's like this old French couple like drinking wine. <laughs> and I was like, ah, fuck. Damn it. How am I going to top that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, night goes on. I'm fucking looking for my opportunity, looking for my window. I'm starting to panic. It's like one in the morning. Oh, what am I going to do? Uh, and these people are like, we're going to the club. I was like, oh, the club. Let's go to the club. We we get to the club. We walk in, and it's packed besides this stage. And it was like there was lights. So I walked up to the stage and did like the techno strip dance. Choom, choom, choom. Got completely naked. Everybody was like, "Whoa!" I got my clothes on, grabbed the hottest chick in the club, and left with her. Um, nice. Yeah, but I, I, I got scared and ran away. Ooh. Yeah. So that the French dudes were so mad at us. They like waited until about four p.m. the next day, drove us to our next stop, and just let us out. And it's France, so like seven p.m. at France, everything's closed in the Alps. We ended up sleeping in a clothes like we broke into this chalet, this lodge, and like ripped pallets apart and made a fire and ate bad food. Ended up sleeping in there. Next morning, we're walking around and we see all the Swedes and they're like, "Oh, boys!" So meet up with them. They get us our room. We go shred, and we're with like ingmar bachman nobody knew who he was and johan olafson and we're like calling steph pogue like steph we found him we got him like you guys got to put this kid on and uh they were like oh yeah 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 so we go to the bar well these i mean they're swedes they love sending so we go to the bar and uh we're getting hammered there was like 30 of them 40 of them maybe and all of a sudden they're like, one of these, the, the bouncers is hitting on one of our campers. I'm like, hey, man, like, that's not cool. Like, chill the fuck out. And he wouldn't chill out. And so then we ended up getting a little scuffle. And the campers started getting fired up. So now 
they're tipping over cars <laughs> in the street. Um, and it, you know, comes a little bit of a situation, a little bit of a brawl. And the police show up. And who are they going to grab? Russell. Me. No. And so I'm grabbed, and they're holding me, like, by my elbows, one on each side, like, you know, really proper French police. And Rayburg's like, Borg! They don't even have guns! And so I look on each of them, and they've got, like, a, a pistol grip with pepper spray in it, and then just, like, the little tube. And I'm like, oh, bat. So I go, Sping! And I take off running. And there's like a two or three, two-story parking structure that we're on the top of, so it's like down. And I, I look, I get to the end of it, and it's like a perfect, like it's something you guys would jump off of. It's a perfect <laughs> dirt tranny. And I'm like, bat. And it's slick. So I back up like 20 feet, and the cops are chasing me, and I just launch myself off this thing. Choom! And land in perfect baseball slide. Choom! All the way down to the thing. I'm, I'm like four-point baseball. It was amazing. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we could find footage of something yeah, like this. It would be so amazing. Life footage. And uh, then there's like some little French car at the bottom there. And I'm doing Looney Tunes with these cops. Like, I'm here. They're like, they're like stop. I'm like, leave me alone. They're like, you must stop. I'm like, you must leave me alone. Like, I'm going this way. They're going that way. And finally, I was like, just leave me alone. And they're like, give us your passport. I was like, I ain't giving you shit. And they finally, I, I can't really remember what happened, but they let me go. And uh, it was crazy because <laughs> that was just, you know, that was like a daily occurrence. Like there was always some crazy ass shit going down. But ever since then, I've been down with the Swedes. <laughs> they're good people. Oh, they're great. The Scandos. Great people. Love those Swedes. It was just like, I remember looking out and it was just like a blonde Ocean, just going bananas, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh fuck, what did I do?" <laughs> wow, sounds like some pretty legendary partying happening. Yeah, there was. Now, did it ever uh, turn into getting into some harder, harder stuff? Uh yes, uh, it did. Um, and and it, and it and it really it was just you know. Some cocaine every once in a while. Not, nothing crazy. Um, until when my mom died, I kind of fucking went over the deep end. Um, which was 97. So I'd been living up in Vancouver. I moved back when she died, and it kind of got a little heavy for me for a bit. But no, that's, that, it is what it is. You pull through. Just dealing with processing... Her passing. And well, yeah, she was my only blood relative that I knew. So, really? Yeah, she was it for me. Like, I was in the world alone after that, which was terrible. What, your father wasn't around when you were young? No. I mean, I had a stepdad, but he was kind of like, meh, you know. So not someone you you still connect with? Or? No, they're all, everybody's dead now besides wow. me, shit. I got kids. Really? So you have no other? No, um, it's me and my kids. So after your mom passed, it's just you? That was it, yeah. I mean, I had, like, she had a sister and, and a brother, but I never really... She left Durham, North Carolina to have me because she didn't want me growing up in that shit. Mm. So I don't, I don't really, you know, I'd met him a little bit, but nothing really. She was a badass lady. Wasn't she like a yeah. crazy lawyer or something? Or an no, no, it was business. 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 Just business. But she was a badass. Yeah, she was pretty solid. Man, yeah, that's tough, man. Especially, I, I couldn't imagine I trying to all of a sudden identify with your, you don't have that person 
Yeah, there's nobody to call. There's nobody. No. Do you feel like the snowboard community, not to be like corny or whatever, does that feel like a little bit of a family? Not really. For real, huh? Not really. Nobody. Some I have some friends, but the, doesn't yeah. have to do with this. It doesn't have to do with it. I I I've met them through snowboarding, but you know I I don't think that uh, no. I had a rough go with sponsors for a while there, bud. So, like I mean, at that time, no. I didn't feel like Was it because you're partying too hard for them, or I, you know maybe? Um, you but, haven't looked back and tried to digest it all, process it. No, I think. I think everybody was real young and real greedy. And yeah. I just think that, uh, I don't know. I try not to think about it because it's it's in the past. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Man, this is uh, something we were talking about driving around and just to kind of, it's pivot on this subject a little bit, but we were talking about kind of some heavier stuff and how uh, a lot of people, are really upset about a lot of things. And um, basically, like, how, how can you have an impact on the world, right? How can you have a positive impact on the world? There's a lot of fucked up things going on in a lot of places all over the world. Yep. Be it racial, be it political, be it domestic violence, be it too, there's too much shit to list, right? You, we could talk about it all day. So sometimes it's overwhelming on, on far, as far as, like, uh, we were talking about how do you make an impact, right? And you had a great piece of advice. Be a good person. That's it. Be a good person and just worry about yourself and worry about being a good person. Don't point the finger. Oh, they need to do that. Because every time you point the finger away from you, you're taking, you're you're not worrying about what you're doing. You're worrying about what somebody else is doing. And if everybody just kind of worries about being a good person, and then if you're a good person, you're a good person, and I'm a good person, and they're a good person, and they're a good person, then you know what? You're surrounded by all good people, and the shit isn't going to get weird because you're good people. And if it does get weird, you can talk it out. You know why? Because you're good people. Let's give that an air horn. That's powerful, man. It's always those shitty, greedy, think-about-themselves type of people Mm -hmm. that just mess everything up. Well, even more so, too, you see just a lot of people that are very quick to point the finger. I like that. There's, There's a lot of cancel culture, a lot of, like, fuck this person or, or this this person's doing it wrong or we need to do this. And and then you the person that's pointing that finger, like, they're not living their best life. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, they're not, you know, so you wonder. It's just, that's just a great, very digestible piece of advice. You know, you might not be able to change the guy that's, you know, beating his significant other across the street or something, but you can be a good person or whatever. That, yeah. that, that's, that's maybe not a great analogy, but. It's a good analogy. Yeah. I like that. It's it's harder than it seems, but it's something that we each can uh, digest, you know, wholeheartedly. So that's where I'm at with it. And I struggle to do it every day. I'm not going to say I wake up and I'm like, you know, the best person on the planet because I'm absolutely not. But I, you know, I try to recognize when I'm fucking up and 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 make amends or or rectify what's going down and move forward. Try not to, you know, think about shit that happened 20 years ago and get all pissed off at it. It's fucking 20 years ago. It's not going to change. It happened, and I need to move forward. Try not to think about shit that happened five days ago that's all fucked up. <laughs> I'll tell you. It's, Live in the present, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, this guy, he's, he's been staying at the house. He's been uh, sleeping in the camper, and um, 
you know, my heat broke in the house. Not not the best environment. Yeah, he's just happy as a clam. There's no, he's just always always hyped. What are we doing? Down. Let's go. It's like yeah, it's easy. I, you radiate the good energy. I love that, dude. That's what we try to do, you know, you got to lead, especially being an older person in this industry. Um, I finally realized that it's on me now. Like, it really is. Like, I've got an opportunity to really, I mean, with your your generation and younger generations to just kind of like Joe Sexton was asking me like so what what do we do and you know these people are telling us that you can't do this at 30 and I said Joe my generation is the generation that decides what happens to a 40 or 50 year old snowboarder not some kook who's in an office who mm-hmm. never made it I'm the one who fucking decides me and my peers if we think that we should still be snowboarding then we're going to still be snowboarding Okay, because this kook over here in the office who wasn't even good enough to be an amateur who's now running a brand is saying you can't fuck him. He doesn't know. He's not a good person. He's about some other bullshit. He isn't about the lifestyle. I remember 10 years ago I was telling these companies, hey, man, you guys are blowing it. You guys are going after, you know, 14-year-old kids who are fly-by-night when you've got people who are 38 and 40 years old who loved, who have loved snowboarding their whole life and are now making 250 racks a year and can buy whatever the fuck they want. But yet you want to make some silly graphic for some 14-year-old kid. No, oh, I don't know. And now they're all doing it. That's so true, man. And those are the but guys with the money. how do you miss that? Yeah. How do you miss that? They're, they think that they're the only old people snowboarding. Yeah. Like, you're not. You're not special. Like, everybody that snowboarded at 16 that loved it is still going to fucking do it at 50. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it as long as they can. You know? Did you, when you first made love to a woman, did you get to a certain age and were like, yeah, you know, I'm 40. I'm done. <laughs> I, I don't like that feeling anymore. I'm cool. You know? That's a great analogy. Great analogy. And you're smarter than these 14-year-old kids are spending money on. You actually will go and talk to these other snowboarders and like you did before. And yeah. you now you know how to say all the great things to them, too, and get them stoked. And I talk to them on Instagram all the time. Yeah. All these people. Be, be an ambassador of the sport. and Ambassador of the stizzoak. And real, yeah, and just get more people out there. That's great. Yeah. People love this shit. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's there's a lot to this conversation that I'm loving right here, and it's it's not that people are drawn to, oh, like that guy did a very difficult trick. He did a 1440 on the jump. No, that's it's like shit. it's like you're just like that has a little resonation. Wow, that was sick. Yeah, but then you a lot of times, you know, certain people that are good and bad, they're they're boring. Sometimes they're, they're they don't, but it's the guy that does the trick that you're like. I want to hang out with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Don't you think that has a... That's how I, what I was drawn to as a kid. Yeah. Right? It was... For me, it was the style. Yeah. It was the swag. Like, even... I've just... That's just me my whole life. I've always been about style and swagger. Like, that's it. To me, that's it. That's the signature. That's the calling card. That's it. I'm like, great. You did 17 fucking 360s. And then you landed. Yeah. You did a backside 180, 120 feet, didn't move one arm, and laid it down like you never left? Yeah. That's the one that wins to I'm me. I mean, on that. Every day. And, like, landed looking uphill like you never left? Ching, ching. That's the win. That's the steez. That's that's that mustard, bro. You want that spicy Dijon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, let's talk about that expired Dijon because, you know, 
we were talking about a trick earlier. Expired oh, Dijon. The, the, the yeah, triple? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay, judges, listen up. This is Russell Winfield with a public service announcement. Contests. When you turn 90 degrees and you do three backflips and then you turn another 90 degrees and land going in reverse, that is not a triple. What do they call them? These triple cork. Cork. That is a 90 triple backflip 90. You're not spinning 14... 40 or whatever. You're actually only spinning 180 degrees. Don't believe the hype. Don't get fooled. Yeah, they call it 1440, right? Yeah, but they, the board has not gone more than 180 degrees. Yeah. Just because you flipped it, like, the board's got to go this way. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just not, that's, the board's still in the same. That's you know, a your shoulders flip. haven't gone. Yeah. So, I got a, I got a problem with that. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Let's hear it. Before I do that, I just want to say I'm with you on the style. It's like the the Mark Frank Montoya is the guy. That's who you you know you want the you want the the, the style gods. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's that's a given. But I do have to say there's something to be said for showmanship. Like when you watch somebody, I might not be like, yo, this guy is dope, but I'm like, he is going to get buck and he is going to chuck ass on this jump, and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. But it might not be my favorite. But I, I do say I, I appreciate the showmanship of those people that risk life and limb. I, as do I. But are, are they really risking life and limb now? Because they're doing it into an airbag for three, four weeks before they even, you know, most of them. What's tough for me is when you see, like, seven dudes all do it and it looks identical. Yeah, because there's no style. Yeah, you're just like, I'd rather watch the fuck the girls. They're progressing. They're doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what's a real treat to watch is slope-style practice. When you watch these guys, the way they come through, and you watch them do a back five, because a lot of these guys, I, I'm like, the 1440, they got to do it to win. But you watch Mark McMorris. You ever seen him do a switch back five? It's sick. You're just like, holy shit, that was yeah, fucked up. just greasy, huh? Yeah, dude. They just have to do these other tricks. Mm-hmm. Huh? They don't, it's not even their choice. Nope. Yeah. They want to win, they got to do it. But let's just give them a little gunshot for them. For the cheddar bisque. Biscuits. Yeah, scoots. You want the biscuits? You got to do the triple Lindy 90, huh? Yep, the triple Lind. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of a, a double backflip I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I got one of the worst photos I've ever gotten in the history of snowboarding. Ooh. Is that the one where you look like you were leaning over? Yeah, basically, uh, it was, I'm sorry, Sean Sullivan. I'm throwing you under the bus right here. But we did, uh, I hit a jump, did a double flip, and he didn't shoot a sequence. It was just one still photo, and it was me straight up in the air doing an indie with no poke, you know, mid... mid elephant dick is what I call those. <laughs> the elef- what's that, elephant dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> elephant dick is just an indie with no poke? Just anything where you're just like freaking... <laughs> <laughs> wow, elephant dick is officially in rotation. We are using that. Perfect. It's better than horse cock. <laughs> yeah, the horse cock, backside it's horse cock, front seven, softest material in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Love to get a horse cock neck gator or something, you know? <laughs> God. See how it buds out here touching all Woo. these horses' dicks out in the field? 
What was up? to J2 to get you to do that one. Oh, man. Rest in peace, brother. Rest in peace, too. What was up with the tweaking back in the day, man? How come we can't, how come we can't get that back out? Because you all are wearing ski boots. What's up, man? Somebody needs to come up with, I don't know, if we could get that style back. Well, the boots. It's all in the kids, boots, yeah. huh? Boots kids are wearing these days are real stiff. Real stiff. I don't even tie mine. You don't? Mm-mm. Try to keep them loose? Yeah, I need a little bit of motion in the ocean. I like to snowboard with my feet and my ankles, not my shins. Yeah. My calves. True. It's uh, it's definitely back in the day that was real sick, though. How you got? I mean, we we have a print, right? Oh, we do. Yeah, we got a yeah, print of uh, Russell doing a stalefish shot by Graves. Legendary photo. So good. It's pretty dope. Available at bombhole.com. And it's and, got uh, some tweaking, tweaking oh, in it. There's so good. Hella tweaking in it, bro. Hella tweaking. I seen. Steve, <laughs> would you run your bindings super loose? No. Just soft boots. Just soft boots, bud. Okay. Flip your high backs flat to the edge, maybe, so you can get a little bit more. Burton's got like no forward tongue, lean. So. No. No forward lean. You used to ride with Brushy a lot back in the day, I huh? did. That fool could tweak. He was a master. Yeah, he was like double-jointed or something. He just he just had so much hip-hop and dancehall swagger. Yes. That he, was, he was like a rap show on snow. It was amazing. McDonald's-fueled rap show. McDonald's fueled. That's all he ate. <laughs> really? Yeah, Hammered Mac Brushy did? <laughs> yeah, that was his shit. Really loved it. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Sounds Dude, a lot like Magoon. I was watching Hard Hungry and the Homeless. A lot of people were rocking that brushy fish graphic. That was a uh, straight classic. <coughs> I, I might have been the second person in the world to ever ride that board. Really? You, yeah, let me tell you. I was one hell of a fucking snowboard. There's monumental boards like... And people aren't going to know this, but the K2 Dan Donnelly board was next level. Really? It was, like, so far beyond. I mean, they had that K2 ski money, and Dan Donnelly was right there with Craig at Mount Baker, so they knew what they wanted to ride, and that board was good. Craig's board, Brush's board was real good. I mean, as far as, like, technology goes, I think those three boards... Like, in a span of four years, like, snowboard technology just went through the through the roof, and it was good. Now, there still were shitty boards. Like, our boards were not tech, technologically advanced when they came out. They just looked better and were shaped better. But as far as, like, technology, yeah, they weren't, they weren't there. I was talking mm-hmm. to Mikey uh, LeBlanc before we recorded, and he was saying that you're a big-time gearhead. Like, you, you tweaked a lot of the, the hard goods for ride to get them right back in the day. Oh yeah, I lo- I love that shit. Like with everything, with cars, with I just I like I like knowing what I'm, what makes what work. Um, I think in my era you kind of had to, because like they would just hand you something and be like, "Here you go," and you were like, mm, "No, it needs to be like this." So we dealt with the side cuts and. And the one thing that I didn't really get into until maybe like six, seven years ago was cores and layups and stuff like that. I just didn't ever have uh, any means. But now it's crazy just how you can make a snowboard do different things um, and the different ways to make snowboards do things. Um, It's pretty cool. I like uh, just like 
if you have a snowboard that's got a lot of side cut on it, when you go into a jump at high speeds, if you get too much on your edge, you're going to end up rocket shipping yourself over here. So what we would do is pull the nose and tails in, widths in a little bit, and push out the, 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 the uh, waist width so that you could run on that edge and it wouldn't, you know, and we'd use single radius because when you use the quadratics and all that, like you'll get in that one spot and you'll choom or choom over there and it's just sketchy. You'll end up like 40 yards off and who knows where that 40 yards is going. So, and I don't know these days how many kids even know what their snowboard, you know, if they put their name on it, they just put the graphic on it and they're like, hey, there you go. Here's my board. All right, bro. Have fun with that. That's crazy. You know, you figured that the mechanics out like that. That's cool. Oh, nerd shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. I always like the really steep nose and tails yeah. on those old boards. What's the logic? I mean, yeah, go ahead. For me, what it is is uh, I look, I kind of try to, because I didn't have computers, and, I, and, I, and I, even if I did, I wouldn't have been smart enough to figure out how to simulate stuff. So I'd look at, like, boats. I grew up on the Long Island Sound, right? And so the bow of a boat is like that. It's steep. So what it does is it pushes the water to get up to speed, and then it goes pop, ping, and then, and then you're planing, right? So with me, wow. what, what I did was I made a smaller snowboard with big nose and tail with a, with a pretty decent sized kick on it so that it on the snow and then pop choom, now I'm above the snow whereas like and I just feel like and then it's it's harder to pearl again because you have such a high nose that you're not you know if you got like one of these noses like this if you get a little bit squirrely or a little bit forward you're purling and then you're going over the bars but with with that you're like this so you got like you know all this to, to move on before you you pearl, but with that it's kind of like that's that wow. is genius. And yeah. Another another benefit of that because my board has a really steep nose and tail. Also pressing, and, you and don't get. Yeah. Well, that not that too. A uh, doing a nollie or whatever if you're yeah. going to do that, and then B your effective edge is longer. So for example, if you have a one fifty five mm-hmm. with a steep nose and tail, like you have essentially the effective edge of something like a one fifty eight because you have more. You're, like you're saying, more surface on the on the snow. So it almost, it feels like it rides like a big board, like but a board, you're but smaller board, so you're not going to ping on a 270 on the rail as easy because yep. you don't have this excess nose and tail flopping around. It's just yeah. efficient. Mm-hmm. That is genius, the yeah. boat thing, though. That The boat thing's amazing. I've never heard that. I don't know. It's the way my brain works, I guess. You are a gear nerd, <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh, fully. Fully. You just got a new uh, contract. I did. Woo! I'm back! Russell's back, baby. I'm back with the ride snowboards. Uh, it's good to be home. Congrats. And it is home for me. I started this shit. Not too many people know that. Why? I don't know. But um, it's good to be back. They got a bunch of good people in there. Good team. And uh, we're going to see what we can make happen next couple of years. It's exciting. That's really exciting. Um, so, yeah, running back to... People that don't know that you started to ride snowboards. I did. I yeah. was the third person in that company. You yeah. want to elaborate about that? Well, I was on Burton, <coughs> uh, and Tim Pogue started ride, and I heard it was at ASR in San Diego, and I'd heard that he was leaving Burton, 
you you know, Grandis, when you have a guy that's taking care of you and they leave, you're trying to go to another company. You're like, I'm going with you, bud, because I know how you took care of me. I don't know what this next motherfucker is going to do. And I'm not trying to chance it. So let's go. And so I was like, well, Pope, I'm going with you. And he was like, uh, okay. I was I, like, I don't even know if he wanted me. He didn't have a choice. <laughs> but it worked out, you know. That uh, it's true though. That next guy is going to be wanting his boys on the team and exactly. looking out for different people. You don't know what's going to happen, yeah, so that's a smart bet. Yeah, always stick with what it's you know. It's never going to be the same. Nope. And Pug was sending me big old Burton box. I mean, big old Burgundy. What do those things look like? What do the Burton boxes look like? Yeah. Look like an order for a fucking retail store. Is what it looked like. <laughs> really? Oh, dude. My mom was like, you got like six boxes here. The fuck? I was like, well, really? I get home and it's like the whole catalog outfit. It was dope. Boards, buying boots, gloves, all of it. Or they made a everything. lot of stuff, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And I was hyped. So currently uh, you are selling some whips. I am. It's my day job. All sorts of luxury pre-owned vehicles. You got the gift of the gab. I bet if I got in a car with you, I'd be, it'd be like, yeah, Sold. I'm in. I don't really talk too much. Here's, here's my thing. I think <clears throat> people, people shop online these days, especially for cars, because nobody likes buying cars. Nobody likes car selling. Um, so I take that. I use that to my advantage. That's why I got in the industry. I was like, hmm, if I just don't, if I'm just not a car salesman to these people, chances are they're going to buy it. If I'm just cool and get out of the way. So... People look, they come to your lot because you have the vehicle that they want. So as long as it runs and it doesn't smell like cigarettes or dogs or anything nasty and it's good and you're not a jerk, they're going to buy it. And so I just, I just let that happen. I just, I just stand there and watch the magic. You know, somebody's coming in to buy a, you know, 2017 RS, Audi RS7. You don't, all they got to do is drive it and they're, they're buying it. That thing's sick. Like you, you get in there and you freaking you put it in sport mode and it opens up all the exhaust and, and they're like they just turn right around. They're like, all right, where are we signing? <laughs> like right here, here we go, let's go. <laughs> or the wife comes in, you know, for the Range Rover. She's like, oh my god, I love it so much. Like it's nice. I'm just like beautiful. Like you want it? Absolutely. Let's go. My husband's just like. <laughs> What else? Uh, any other scenarios? <laughs> uh, you know, there's always scenarios, Grandis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's been a few. It's it's sales, you know. There's always, there's always, there's always uh, you know, perks to the job. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that up to your imagination. Please, um, and thank you. Okay, so another topic that's pretty cool is your amazing musical talents. Oh. Write yeah. music. Yeah. I uh I write music on occasion. I uh and it's weird. I didn't I was on a trip with Jamie. Jamie Lynn for the yeah. listeners that don't know. Jamie Lynn. And I don't know if you guys have ever been on a trip with Jamie, but it's it's a thing. Like there's, you know, four guitars, three amps. A lot of paint. Copious amounts of paint and reefer and 
It's just, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> and so we're in the RV and I'm, I'm playing, this was, I don't know, eight years ago. And like, I'm playing, uh, just bark, uh, you know, power chords. You been playing? I was like, Fuck, no, I'm just, he's like, you need to start playing. I'm like, All right. So we get off the trip, he comes over and he's got a Les Paul and a jazz master. He sets them down and he's like, play these for two weeks. Whichever one you like better, that's what you are. And I was like, all right. End up liking the Jazz Master better. And so from then, I just kind of started playing chords and I learned open chords and, and I started writing shit. Cause I like to write, write like English. And so it just kind of came out. It was kind of weird. It's cool though. And me and Mikey play whenever we can. Maybe play a little something for you guys later. Dude, that's pretty sick. Jamie Jamie is one of the most interesting humans in the planet. Oh, yeah. yeah, he is. You know, he slept out. He They did like 100 and something days outside last year. Really? Yeah. Epic, huh? He's that dude. He is that dude. He just is He's amazing. Misty. And yeah. that's like the culture of snowboarding. Like, if it were up to certain people, he wouldn't still be getting paid. True. And, you know, it's like, how do you not? Like, yeah, how do you not keep that guy around? He's the most influential. Like that's just, I don't know, man. Snowboarding g- gets mad because it's going down, but yet everything that's made it so popular, they're real quick to get rid of. Real quick like, to Are you guys that it. fucking stupid? Like, really, are you that fucking stupid? This is an honest question. God. Yeah, facts, man. I could facts. imagine if, if Jamie had not, is not, was not still around. I'd suck. It's just like... It just, I don't know, man. It bums me out to know that the sport was gained popularity for one fucking reason. Yeah, the people. Because of the people and the culture. And to just try to erase all that and then be like, oh, there's no money. Yeah, you're right, you fucking idiot, because you got rid of everything that was appetizing. It's like owning a restaurant. And getting rid of all the good food in your restaurant and serving fucking water and unsalted fucking frozen french fries and being like, damn, I'm not selling shit. (laughs) Really? Wow. (laughs) Amazing. I don't know why. So true, dude. No, that makes a lot of sense, Russell. That's sorry for the rant. But no, that was a don't great, say sorry. That was a this great is something rant. That this is a I've platform my life for doing, the ranting. And to have people come in and, you know, thank God there's people like Tim Swart at K2 who has been in as long as I have and actually understands what it is like and, and why stuff like this is so important in culture. I mean, people, kids don't snowboard to become pro to make money, bro. There is no money. Like, if you're trying to, to make money, go play football, basketball. This ain't the one. This is something where you go to to have a lifestyle, you know? This is like one of the California sports. This is skating, surfing, snowboarding. This is that. This is the lifestyle. This isn't, you know, sure, you can win a gold medal, but who gives a fuck? Who really gives a shit? I don't. It's not what this sport's about. It's not what it's ever been about. It's not what it's supposed to be about. You know, the one person making eight million bucks a year who doesn't even give fucking twenty grand back to his sport. Yeah, Sean, I'm talking about you. Gunshot.
It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get into that, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tony Hawk builds skate parks everywhere. Over 300 skate parks built for the skateboarding community. Sean White, I don't know that he's, I mean, I don't know that he's done anything, really. Has he? His Aaron style was just the ego stroke. Well, no, that's a contest for him, bud. Yeah. And Tony Hawk skate parks aren't a contest. It's, you know, it's something that after, you know, your concert's done with the Aaron style, they take all the scaffolding away, and what do you got? You got a fucking parking lot. Mm-hmm. What are you supposed to do there? Nothing. And furthermore than that, the, the poster child for this culture that we care so much about you know, you have, you have Tony Hawk on one hand who is 50 years old. He's doing 900s. He owns Birdhouse. He's got these people that are core, and they love it. And he's like, he was on Lakai footwear, you know. And he's he's just, he's involved, and he's that guy. He's he's holding holding the crown for us. Then you then you take the person that the general public knows as our, as our Sean, you know, our Sean White or our Tony Hawk, whatever, you know. And he does he does nothing for us, so it's like thank God we get we got our our Danny Davises, you know, yeah. you know. But yeah, as far as that dude goes, we roast him a lot on the show. I want to get him on the show, man. I, I do too. I'd like to get his side. I'd also like him to fucking do something for the culture, though. In my opinion, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It'd be yeah. cool to hear his why side. he has it. Maybe in his mind, he has. Yeah. Interested to hear what he has. Good to point. Say. Yeah. That's a good point. Hundred percent. I mean, it's just maybe he's doing it all behind the scenes. Yeah, maybe there's something we don't know about. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Also, like to get a tape measure on that stance as well. Yeah, I'm going 26. <laughs> he was actually just in Utah. I hit him up on the gram, told him stop. He said, "Where should I stop next?" And I wrote the bomb hole. No reply. No <laughs> cricket. This is the second time, Sean. What is up, dog? You well, score l- it. Let's let's scoop back into culture talk here because okay. I I like where you're heading with that. Okay, snowboarding. Is uh, pretty easy to get good enough to feel confident to go down the hill, which is awesome because once you, just like with anything, with golf, with baseball, with anything, that when you start to feel proficient, you start to get a little bravado, you know what I'm saying? And, like, you feel more part, like you're now part of it and you can talk the talk. And so with snowboarding... The beauty of it is, is you can get to that point where you think that you're, or you are actually proficient enough to cruise around. You're not going to win any medals or, or do anything gnarly right away, but you're good enough to call yourself a snowboarder. You know, when you're falling leaf down the hill, you're not really a snowboarder. It's when you start linking those first two turns and, and all that, and then boom, now you're in the culture. Now you're buying the, the bomb hole t-shirt because unlike Baseball and football and basketball, we don't have an arena in every city where you can go and buy a ticket and watch a game. We have this stuff. These are your tickets, you know. These are your I'm part of the culture things. So you need to have people be part of the culture, and they'll buy into the culture and support the culture by buying your wares. You know what I'm saying? Like these are their badges of honor. Their Vans or their Etni shoes or whatever it is, their their Nike SBs, whatever it is that they're wearing, like, and their you know their Levi's five thirteen skate jeans and you know like that's all part of the part of the clown suit I call it you know that we put on every day because this is our these are our badges you know you're in the army you got you know you're the sergeant and you got this and you got this and all this stuff in your hat but for us. 
It's, you know, you might have like a, a Brighton hat on or a Brighton beanie or a Solomon t-shirt or a ride hat or whatever it is, but you're paying money for that. And that's how we retain some more money. Because, you, you know, we can't sit in the stands. You can't, you can't buy a ticket for, for 50 bucks. So in order, you have to, you want people to be part of the culture is really what I'm trying to say. And they're willing to pay to be part of the culture if you're cool about it. That was well said, man. That was really cool. Huge knowledge. And yeah. Fuck, especially just thinking about it on a deeper level where so many companies now break it down to just a, a graph sheet and sales and just, you know, where, you know, essentially turns into Amazon or whatever, that whole, that kind of trajectory. And then you, they what are they forgetting to preserve? And culture. Which is fine. People can buy the stuff on Amazon. I don't give a fuck where you buy it. Just buy it. Really? I mean, I'd love for you to go to Milo and buy it. But some people don't live in a town that's got a Milo, mm-hmm. you know? So they got to, you know. It, and another thing we can't do is fight forward progression of humanity. Amazon is just, it's going to be, it's, we're not going to ever, that's not going away. Well, my point that being not not in the vehicle of Amazon, in the vehicle of take the identity out of the thing. Like for example, like brands brands that support people like yourself, right? Take Ride, right? They're they're understanding how important preserving the culture is. Whereas yep. you take something like Amazon, when I'm referring to that, or yep. other big box retailers for that matter, they're like, we don't need a team, we don't need an identity. We are gonna. We've realized that this board at this price point sells. And we don't give a shit who buys it, and it's just a bottom line number, and that's it. We don't give a fuck about the culture. Yep. So that's what I was referring Those to. Those are the same time. people who, you know, will dump oil into the river and say, well, this is the cheapest way to dump oil and, you know, to get rid of this oil. And they're just not thinking about, like, so in four years, this isn't going to be cool anymore. You know, and it's the same with snowboards. In four years, the, the all the work that we've done is, is riders – to keep this company cool now that we're gone, that's gone. So now this board isn't going to sell. And they wonder why. Well, why? It was great four years ago. Well, you got rid of everybody that made it great. You think Nike's, Nike basketball shoes would be good if there was no Michael Jordan? Fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah, they wouldn't be on the level. Wouldn't be at. anywhere. Yeah. Be done. They'd be like Skechers. Yeah. They'd be like a running, they'd be just a bunch of skinny white dudes from Oregon running around. Track shorts and shit, probably. <laughs> Truth. That is some serious knowledge, dude. Yeah. I'm sitting here, like, just smiling, happy. <laughs> just absorbing the knowledge that Russell is dropping. Hopefully some of these people that hear what they need to hear. Yeah, there. man. Oh, people ain't going to hear shit they don't want to hear. They're too discouraged. I don't know, man. They're starting, right? I mean, Ride just grabbed you. Yeah. I've been working on that for, like, a while. Tim <laughs> for ten years. <laughs> no, like, uh, eight months probably. Yeah, Six yeah. months since he went back there. We've been talking a little bit. I mean, I that's those are steps in the right direction, man. And that's yeah, awesome. I'm hyped. Yeah, and I still get to do my offshore thing too for now. Oh, well, really? The only guy in the game with two board sponsors. What? You heard me? You got one for each foot. <laughs> Does that make you a skier? <laughs> it could. Damn, dude. It makes me uh, just the innovator. fact that you are sponsored. You know, there's hope for me still. Maybe I'm gonna try there to get is. sponsored. You should. Dude. You should. And like- that you're gonna give other people hope. You know. Yeah. And uh, that's what we need, man. I saw a little sneak peek. He's cooking up something special in the booth. Really? Yeah. 
There's something. You gave this guy a sneak peek? I, I got none. I'll give you one. You can get it. All right. It's heavy. Is it? It's fucking heavy. Let me tell you something, buds. You hang out on that couch. You watch about uh, six to seven hours of sports documentaries. Dude, it's been great for you, dude. You're so <laughs> mellow, dude. You're relaxed. <laughs> the most relaxed I've seen you, dude. Russ is rubbing off on some me. Russell into your life, dude. You're a new man. Yeah. I'm just oh, we a... can sit on the couch and just chill for a little bit. Yeah, I've never seen you. I didn't even know you knew how to use the couch, dude. <laughs> I, show I thought it was the dog's zone over there, and you, like, didn't know what it was. I've been listening yeah. to this. First state- time I ever seen him sit on that. I got a Patreon question. All right. From Devin Locke. Devin the dude. Devin the dude. Uh, you were the first black snowboarder I saw in film. Mm-hmm. Substance, 1995. Airhorn, please. <laughs> Skate and snowboarding has always appeared to embrace and celebrate our differences. Was that true in your opinion, or did you struggle to feel part of the community? No. Uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, it, 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 I was embraced. Uh, I was embraced. I don't know if I was embraced, but I wasn't like out ostracized or outcasted. My friends were my friends. Uh, like I said earlier, nobody liked snowboarding back back then. Um, so they hated us all. They might have hated me a little bit more, but at least they hated all the white people too that I was with. So that I made it a little bit easier. Um, Substance was a fun time. I think I filmed that part in like. A week Really? Yeah Less than that Maybe That was an awesome movie It was a good movie Film with Ingmar Is that uh, Paperback Writer Video part song? Yes I think so See I got some bro I think that was uh, Yeah I told him They should have done Bachman Turner Overdrive Yes he should have <laughs> Did he never use any? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> Ingmar Bachman Turner Overdrive, Overdrive. Yeah cause he, Motherfucker was always On Overdrive bro <laughs> I love that dude <laughs> But Nobody, why do you want to listen to me? I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> he probably never heard of that band. No, I was telling Whitey, and Whitey just would oh, never Whitey. respond. Yeah. Like, bro, put some BTO. He just, Whitey had his vision. Whitey's Whitey. Yeah. He had his we're in a horrible Whitey thing. story. Happened. So we call him Whitey, right, obviously. Yeah. And we're in and it, we're in uh, a mall here in Salt Lake, and uh, I'm just like, Whitey! Whitey! <laughs> like, this Mormon lady is like, and I'm not even, you know, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, you're not even thinking, thinking about it. it. I'm like, Whitey! And he turns and she's like this, and I was like, oh no, not, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I got it. My go. bad. <laughs> <laughs> that probably actually happened a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm, but you didn't even think about it no, or notice it. No, no. Did you see he tried to change his name? To rob. Yeah, and it just didn't, it didn't work. work. He's like, I'm now he back to, formally, to Whitey. He had to formally make an announcement that he was back to Whitey. Since it didn't work and it didn't just sound right, I'm just going back to Whitey. He <laughs> can't just go to Rob all of a sudden after no. all these years. Like Seinfeld. Like, yeah. I remember George seeing that announcement. It was just like blown away. Like, wow, you're back. Okay. <laughs> Good to see you, bud. Where you been? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Okay, well, we freaking, we've been, you've been. Dropping knowledge yes. on all of us. Uh, I think we've had a hell of a chat. Russ, would you like to take this time to say any last words before we get into a special, a little special apre interview? Oh. Musical We're going apre on them, huh? Yeah. Apre. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to everybody who stays true. You know who you are, and you know who you are. I'm not gonna. This industry is for everybody. 
It's not for a select few who think they run it because he ain't running shit. Besides your mouth. And uh, have fun. Because I know I'm going to. Yaddy. Mucho appreciation. We hope you guys enjoy a special little musical performance to take you away from Russell Winfield and Mikey LeBlanc. Woo! Here we go. A little something, something. Me and Michael. You ready, brother? Uh-huh. One, two, three, four. <laughs>
Guess what? Now it's time to live my life. All you gotta do is roll, 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 roll. All you really must do is roll, 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 baby, roll, roll, roll. Russell Winfield, Mikey LeBlanc from the Bomb Hole, over and out. Okay, another episode down. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk to you guys about our store, bombhole.com, where you can find signed prints, you can find shirts, hoodies, hats, all kinds of Bomb Hole merch, all available at bombhole.com. You can also find a link to our Patreon at bombhole.com if you want to support us it helps us out a ton i want to say thank you guys for the week in and week out support sharing the podcast on your instagram posting it reposting it all that good stuff we see you we appreciate you guys and we hope you have a great rest of your week over and out from the bomb hole see ya